cliffcentral.com. And this is our chance now to catch up on a Monday morning with what's going on in the markets. And just in case you don't already know what we do every couple of Mondays is we have a, 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 a feature effectively where we talk about what's going on in the markets. And we'll be having an in-depth discussion today around the state of the global environment, economic trends, what is moving the markets, all the really, really useful information. And we've got someone here who knows all of that stuff. So we've got some very particular things we want to address with Neil Wilson, who we'll be talking to in a moment. He's a chief market analyst at markets.com and at Finalto, and he will provide us with some expert analysis of market movements and the macroeconomic trends. Very, very important stuff. We're going to get to that in a second. But whether you're a new trader who's looking for a safe place to start or you're an experienced trader who's looking for low spreads, multi-assets, and high tech, you will find markets.com suits you perfectly a special offer to everybody who is listening now if you haven't already tried this you can follow the links on cliffcentral.com to register with markets.com just go to the the, the website and you can find all the links there you will get a 30 percent bonus on your deposit now that is really big that's a big deal that's an extra injection of cash that you wouldn't have had otherwise and if you refer a friend you will both Get a 30% bonus. So make sure you click the link on Markets Mondays on cliffcentral.com for more information. Get in there ASAP. You refer a friend, you will both get a 30% bonus. That sounds like a good reason to get involved if you ask me. So let's welcome Neil Wilson uh, and bring him on. Hey, Neil, how are you? Hi. Good morning. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Good. Everyone over there. Yeah, great to see you again. Uh, Neil, I gave a little bit of an introduction where I said that we would be looking today at the state of the global environment. Obviously, it's election week in the United States, and we know that politics uh, tends to cause some upstream effects, which downstream make the economy uh, behave a little more erratically at times like these. But what are we looking at? And, and in particular, let's begin by talking about the Fed. Um, what has happened with the fallout from the Fed's decision on interest rates just last week? Yeah, so I mean, it was quite quite um, quite a big week um, for the market uh, with the, the Fed uh, raising interest rates again by uh, three quarters of one percent. So another uh, jumbo-sized uh, rate hike that's the fourth in a row. Um, really, sort of hammering home the fact that they're, that they're trying to, you know, get on top of the inflation uh, uh, dragon, if you like, and it's, mm. they're, they're, they're trying to get control of it, um, but but struggling still. Um, the the Fed raised rates. Um, the fallout initially, you know, we we saw this on the market, kind of not quite sure whether it was um, hawkish, i.e., you know, pushing for tighter financial conditions, and uh, you know. Uh, more tight than the market thought anyway, um, or, or dovish, which is looser financial conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you have this press conference with the, 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 the president, Jay Powell, and then it kind of all fell out. And there was, a, there was quite a lot of volatility last week. I think that, that was really the, the key thing. And so we saw stocks really, really taking a hit um, from from that Fed meeting, but then um, into the end of the week we had the the, the week the sorry monthly um, U.S. labor market report, the non-farm payrolls report. That's always closely watched for uh, being a leading indicator of what what the Fed um, might might do next. Um, and we saw unemployment tick up in the U.S. And so that was just uh, seen by the market maybe as a bit more um, positive, although it's higher unemployment should be positive. But it, it's all this sort of funny dynamic whereby if, if there's bad economic data, then you think, well, the Fed's not going to do so much. Therefore, 
uh, that's actually quite good for for stock markets. So um, we we saw a lot of a, a lot of push and pull on that front, and I think the market's still trying to make up its mind um, about how far the the Federal Reserve needs to go in in raising interest rates. And then that has global ramifications because really where, where the Fed goes, the rest of the world is kind of following. And um, uh, the key the key thing really from last week was, was just that level of volatility that still exists because we don't know um, where interest rates are going to end up uh, All right, in, well, in the near future. You mentioned the downstream effects of this on, on the world economy and on markets like South Africa. So is there any impact on this uh, on the South African markets as a result of this Fed decision? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, if you just look at the sort of the, the price action, you know, just just what was going on in, in the South African market. Uh, certainly, you know, if you look at it in in, in the wake of the meeting and in, in the wake of the non farms as well, you know, you saw a lot of a lot of uh, movement. You saw the rand uh, rallying on Friday. You saw the, the SA forty index, the lead, you know, mm. leading forty companies that that rallied well. Um, you know, so in relation to the non-farms as well as the Fed, the two are all sort of interconnected. Um, just you know, giving a sort of macro kind of picture, uh, and and you saw that South African index rally. Um, but with South Africa, I think it's worth noting. You know, there's there's the Fed certainly is driving a lot of this because of the, you know the global ramifications from interest rates and and the dollar, the strong dollar is a key thing here. Um, but also, I think this this sort of chatter rumors around china reopening and uh you know easing the pressure on global supply chains um that is driving a lot as well particularly in, in some of the, the the basic resources stocks and the, the miners and 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 that's obviously quite a key component of, of the south african index so uh, there's there's a you know couple of couple of big global macro trends that are that are buffeting the south african uh, the South African financial markets right now. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a webinar actually coming up this week um, with Simon Brown, so that they're going to he's going to be discussing a bit more about that in depth later this week. So um, there's, there's a lot happening out there. That is useful to know, and uh, we've, we're also familiar with Simon, so we will um, we'll be telling people about that that you know presentation of his as well um, once yeah. we have some more info on it. I wanted to ask you, though, with the Fed and interest rates, I mean, a lot of people are complaining it's not enough and that they need to raise them significantly and over a prolonged period. Um, what is your feeling on this? Do you think that the Fed has more plans to keep raising interest rates? And at what level will interest rates be able to bring inflation under control? Yeah, so uh, the market right now is kind of thinking around that sort of 5% level, we're at 4% now with the Fed funds rate. Um, the market thinks maybe 5%. The, the, what the Fed did last week was say, we think it's going to be a bit higher than we previously thought, so it's, it's moved up hmm. uh, to above 5% in terms of that pricing, that market futures pricing. The problem is that um, once inflation gets above 5%, um, that it's never been brought down to target, so back down to two percent level inflation, more more kind of comfortable hmm. level of inflation, without the, the the interest rate going above the inflation rate. So um, it currently sits around sort of eight percent. There's different measures, but say it sits around eight percent. So you, you think maybe that the Fed has, although the Fed thinks it's going to move, the Fed sort of thinks, well, we're going to move up to five, five and a bit, and then stop, and that hmm. that will bring it down eventually over time. Um, the problem is that that maybe it just needs to keep going, keep going, keep going, and that's maybe what the market's missing out on right now. Well, I mean, didn't that happen with Paul Volcker back in the 80s as well? He kept raising and raising and raising the interest rates, and people thought, oh, this is going to devastate the economy. But it did eventually bring inflation under control, and it did launch uh, a, a very 
good uh, bullish season for the U.S. for some 10, 12 years after that. Um, once everything had been rationalized, because all the market's trying to do, and, and correct me where I'm wrong here, Neil, because you're the expert, is find some kind of equilibrium, some sort of balance. And, you know, it's all supply and demand, and there's there's a lot of money that's been injected into the markets at the moment, which is what's causing the inflation. Um, and what's what's going to happen with interest is that, obviously, the money will find the place where it's most desired. And, uh, and hopefully this will be controlled by things like the interest rates at the Fed. Yeah, I mean that—that's it exactly. It's a, a very good way of describing it, and um, I, I think that the, the key uncertainty, the key unknown right now, is um, when does inflation? How at what level does inflation come down? And I think the the problem for the market and the problem for the Fed and and everyone is that once inflation becomes unleashed, it's really really difficult to bring it back down. Right, um, and that. That um, the analogy is the toothpaste analogy. You can squeeze it out, but it's very difficult to shove it back in. <laughs> but um, it's it's yeah. that's uncertain. So the uncertain thing for the market right now is the the, the ultimate um, the ultimate level of, of interest rates. So the the terminal rate it's called. So the where where the Fed and other central banks eventually top out. I think that's the big unknown, and that's really why uh, stock markets are still very volatile. Is still um, we're still in this bear market, although we're seeing uh, these bear market rallies where we get a, a push up on, on sort of hope uh, that hope that things have maybe stabilised. But um, you know, until the Fed actually stops, uh, that that's really that's really the point at which we can get some some more certainty, and therefore investors can feel confident again to put, start putting their money to work. All right. Uh, last bit of, of information with regard, to, with regard to the politicians is obviously we, we mentioned the midterm elections, which are happening this week, Tuesday, tomorrow. Um, so is there anything there that we need to look out for? How will the markets respond if, A, it goes very heavily towards the Republicans, as the polls are telling us it will? Or, B, if, in fact, the polls are wrong and it ends up um, putting a whole lot of Democrats back into office, both in, in gubernatorial elections, in the Senate elections, and then for members of the House of uh, Representatives, how, how will that affect the, the, the economy and the markets in general? Yeah, so I think, you know, Democrat clean sweep is quite quite low tail risk, if you like, if you call it that, Um the the chances of that happening are, are quite quite small. I think the, the Republicans seem to be set to take the, the House of Representatives. Um, that that looks pretty pretty sure. Um, less clear in the Senate uh, exactly what happens, but um, I think you know if you get that Democrat clean sweep, low low chances of it happening. If it does happen, then um, Biden can push almost and predict some 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 of his agenda uh, more more easily, a lot more easily, um, and that could. Um, well, we think that that might be uh, inflationary, so that might add hmm. more stimulus, more fiscal support, and that could actually worsen inflation, which pushed the, the Fed to do more, and therefore probably bad for the market. Republicans' clean sweep um, would would be probably net positive for the market, just because um, some of that agenda that Joe Biden wants to push through is is, is less uh, likely to to be delivered. Um, the, the the chances are probably that the market rallies anyway after the election over the next few months. Uh, we've had quite a significant drawdown over the last 
this year and traditionally usually um since the war um i think 17 out of 19 midterm elections you've actually seen the market do a lot better in the in the six months after the elections than in the six months before so um once you've removed the uncertainty of the election and you get you, you get the clarity uh, about what the situation is in washington uh, investors start to, to tend you know historically to to pile back in so uh, you think that uh, unless the democrats can surprise with uh, by, by taking both houses then i think probably that's what happens all right um one last thing then we've paid attention to the US, but the UK, I mean, with all their political shenanigans in the last while, has hardly been a a picture of stability um, themselves. Let's just look at the Bank of England, because they've also hiked uh, their rates. Is the turbulence in the UK over? Yeah, well, we'd we'd like to think so, but uh, you never never (laughs) know. Um, There there does seem to be a lot more political stability uh, with the new, new Prime Minister and and Chancellor, and we, we get a bit more on that uh, on November the seventeenth uh, with the autumn statement the budget. Um, so that's going to that's going to be more pain, I think, for consumers. And it's the, you know, ultimately, though, the, the financial markets uh, are, are not you know they're not ba- they're not worried too much about what consumer pain there is. Unfortunately, they they work on on other things and take the the, the volatility in, in the UK is now. Uh, predominantly just a, a global phenomenon. I don't think, you know, after the mini budget back in September and all that, all that stramash about that, there was a, a real UK premium, a sort of political risk premium, or, or what one analyst called the moron risk premium that was added to <laughs> the cost of UK debt. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was an extra cost to our debt because, because they just weren't sure what we were going to do because the political situation and the, the fiscal policy seemed all over the place. Right. Um, that's sort of worked itself out. And I think we're back to, back to square one with that. Um, but it's, so, but the, the global situation is, is still quite, quite, uh, quite uncertain. I think, and the UK is quite an open, uh, global economy in that sense. And, uh, you know, our markets are, are very, um, diverse and we, we you know so we, we're we're much at the mercy of what's going on uh globally um but i think you know internally at least domestically i think things have, have settled down somewhat i hope from your mouth to god's ears and uh, i hope we have a, a, a very good week and there are some nice uh, takeaways from all, all these uh these new developments obviously the elections the, the 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 uk system settling down are there any other things on the horizon that we need to be on the lookout for at the moment i mean there's always some geopolitical threat what are you looking at well i think one of uh, there's probably as i said before the china whether china reopens that's a big one because mm. that's that's um that's going to play into what you know what the third term of xi jinping actually means you know is, is he is he seeking to create a new direction? Obviously, the Taiwan situation is something that we, you know that could happen at any point, and I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest sort of black swan. Or it's not really a black swan because we kind of know it's, it might happen, but it, it, if it did happen, it would still be like a thunderbolt and and be be uh, hugely disruptive to the market. Sure. Um, but also, I think just looking to see what happens with Italy and the new prime minister, she's just finding her feet and kind mm. of building that. Uh, government and and just looking to see what sort of friction there might be between Italy and Brussels and that that could potentially lead to some uh, some uh, you know volatility and maybe some widening of bond spreads 
uh, in Europe, and that, that could create some volatility for the euro as well. So, um, yeah, there's there's a few things, and there's always going to be something out there. So we're, we're right. just sort of keeping our eyes open. <laughs> All right, Neil, thank you so much. Neil Wilson from Markets.com and Finalto. He is the chief market analyst for them, and we have the benefit of his wisdom this morning and his experience too in the market. So thank you, Neil. Have a great week. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. So Neil Wilson and Markets.com. And just in case you haven't already started, you need to get into Markets Mondays brought to you by Markets.com. They'll be back again in a few weeks' time. Remember to follow the link on cliffcentral.com to register with them. You'll get a 30% bonus and you can get that on top of your deposit. If you also refer a friend, you will both get a 30% bonus. Make sure that you click on the links on Markets Mondays on cliffcentral.com so you can get all of the benefits of that. Cliffcentral.com.